0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host, I am the Big Recon. And it's two nights after the All-Star Game because the older boy had to work last night and I had to go pick him up. So, but here they are, as promised. Tone from Cardboard and Cracker Jacks, which we're going to have you for a little bit to go do that afterwards. And of course, Alex from Row 7. Um, gentlemen, I am renaming our segments. It will now be the Big Recon Baseball Show because that is what we do best. And yes, we will have you guys on for other stuff, but this has been our niche ever since I reached out to our buddies at Timeskew and said, Hey, I need baseball people. And they sent me you guys. And I got to tell you, it's been over a year now. You believe that we did our first show last June?
1: Wow. Time flies, and it's been a lot of fun talking baseball with both of you fellas. I like talking it with both of you guys because obviously Alex is socks brain and. Big Mike, Big Rican is a great Mets brain, so I like uh, picking both of your brains about baseball. We all bring different but good perspectives. I feel like, and uh, you know, it's it's nice in us three of conversations because we remind people you could disagree on sports topics and still uh, be friends at times. But we do we do all see the game beautifully as well. So I, I, I do appreciate. Um, the year or over the year now. Holy crap, yeah. it's already midway through July, but it's always a great time. Um, I know I miss your guys' shows here and there due to some internet issues and whatnot, but I'm here for the long haul, and I, uh, I look forward to many more of these, so thanks again.
0: You're very welcome, and I will say this. Um, I want to jump into the first half of a phenomenal baseball season that we have had so far. Um, let's talk about how the first half wrapped up, and I'm going to start with Monday night. And I am going to start with what I walked into my mother-in-law watching a replay of because the Yankees have COVID again. Mm. And I walked in as the man, the myth, the legend, the polar bear, put up 35 in the first round. Mm -hmm. And the best part is, I don't know if you guys heard this, when Taiwan Walker went up to him during the timeout, he looked him in the face and said, yo, I need 35. And Pete was like, Okay.
1: I did not hear that, but that is incredible. And that's what makes the thing so special.
0: Well, it's funny because I was actually texting with Alex and my buddy Nick, who I've talked about on here Monday night. And they were like, oh, Mancini put up a good round. And I was like, it's a wrap. This is over. But here's a funny thing. Talk about symmetry. He beat Guerrero in the final round in 2019, 23-22. He beat a player from the NL Central first, the NL. NLE second and the ALE third, both years, beating Carlos Santana, Ronald Acuna, and then Vladi in 19. Uh, who was it? The first round was um, Salvador Perez. He beat um, Soto. And then, of course, Trey Mancini, who is the only person I would not have been upset that he would lose to in the final round. So I want you boys to put your thinking caps on and imagine this. Next year's All-Star game is in L.A. Mm-hmm. How'd you like to see him and Mike Trout swinging in
1: the final round? Ooh, that would be fantastic, <laughs> right? That would I know, be fantastic. I, I I know it's a long shot too, but um, say if you know. Pujols does kick the tire. Why not throw it back and put a little Elber Pujols splash in the middle? Of, even though this is probably the end, but, you know, that would be a lot of fun if they threw back the clock and put Pujols in the middle of that as well to uh, reminisce gold, old times. But that would be incredible. Pete Alonzo, you know, the, the real drive, too, people always say, this guy loves the derby a ton, and you look at it really, and it's because he makes more money from winning the home run derby than he does – uh, from his baseball contract. So he makes $1 million from winning the Derby, and then he makes 750 uh, a year, I believe, from his baseball contract. So him against Trout would be fun because Trout would be pushed to the limits based on Pete's pure um, willy- willingness alone to win just based on the money he makes from victories.
0: Yeah, he made 500000 last year, so he doubled his salary when he won, but he donated 50000 of that uh, to two different organizations in New York Same thing this year, 660 this year. uh, Another, um, uh, I'm sorry, 50,000 apiece to two separate organizations in New York. So Pete gets it.
1: Hold Um, on, we have breaking news. The Cubs have traded Jock Peterson. The Cubs have traded the Atlanta Braves. Jock Peterson is now a member of the Atlanta Braves. And you must wonder, Bob Nightingale reports this, and you must wonder if that's the first of many dominoes to fall for a busy Cubs team. So we have breaking news in the Chicago Cubs Twitter. Uh, Atlanta with Ronald Acuna going down. Jock Peterson's on the move heading to Atlanta. So that's interesting, guys. I didn't mean to interrupt there. Sorry for that. No, no. But Jock Peterson is now officially off the Cubs, and it was a short-lived tenure for Jock. But I do appreciate his hard-fought efforts. Um You know, in Chicago, he gave me a thumbs up while I uh, briefly shadowed him. Seemed like a cool guy. So uh, I'm going to miss Jock, but we knew a guy like Jock was really one of these pieces. We were going to be looking to trade because it's not a core guy and and you you get you're going to get some young players back. So Jock is on the move.
0: Uh, Yeah, so then why don't we do this? Let's not worry about redoing the uh, first half. Let's dive into what's coming up, and that is the greatest day, this side of the playoffs, and that is the Major League Baseball uh, non-waiver trade deadline, July 31st. So, Tone, it is very well um, publicized that your boys are going to be sellers. I said to Alex uh, before you came on, before we went on, the Chicago Cubs have had a heavy scout presence Watching the St. Lucie Mets. So, first of all, I don't want to trade for a bat right now. I think the Mets need pitching, but they're also Correct. going to be Cole. Ham- they're also going to be Cole Hamels's workout. And I told um, a- uh, Alex, Cookie pitched tonight in Brooklyn, and was sharp. So, let's cross the fingers. But let's dive into what the Cubs are going to do here, because this is a franchise that even though they were second tier for many, many years, always sold out Wrigley Field. It feels like to me with the resurgence they had starting in 2015 with that run to the NLCS against the Mets and then the championship 108 years in the making in 16, do you think the fan base will turn on them if they start selling these guys off like hotcakes? I mean, if Jock's not a really a big domino when it comes to the Cubs, but if Chris Bryant, let's say Chris Bryant is moved to the Mets Mm -hmm. or, you know, and at that point in time you're talking – you already have a bad taste in your mouth from Darvish being traded to mm-hmm. San Diego. You move Chris Bryant to the Mets. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you think can turn, turn the fan base against the franchise? And then Alex, I want you to weigh in as a Southsider uh, on that one.
1: So begin the, to begin the year, obviously me and a plethora of Cubs fans wanted to win, win, win. I'm still in win now mode. And, um, uh, You know, obviously the Cubs aren't, and it's sad to see. I I think when your franchise is so used to winning for a long period of time, it's hard to flip the page, especially, uh, you know, the Cubs, they won the World Series, and then they have really never lived up to that stature shortly after. So it was interesting to see. But um, I I do believe that this is the first of many dominoes to fall. I told my buddies in the Cubs group chat a couple days ago that – Guys like Jock, guys like uh, Zach Davies, a couple other guys who have came on this team in the last year or two, older veterans especially, would be the first to go and then They're going to get into the bigger guys. Now, I don't think as many big guys will move as people think. Obviously, Kimbrell, you could pretty much count on as good as being gone, and they might actually get the most value back for him out of anyone available just because we've seen what teams who trade for relievers end up doing in the long run, and that's why I think the Mets would be a great fit for a bullpen arm. I think a guy like Craig Kimbrell to the Mets would be amazing for their bullpen, Lugo's uh, Lugo's good when he pitches, but he is, um, you know, trouble staying on the field here and there. And then Edwin Diaz, although he's off to a good start, you never know what you're getting out of him exactly. But obviously, you connected the dots. Cubs have had scouts there. And this interests me. I don't think this pushes the envelope on Rizzo at all, but the player the Cubs got back is a first-base prospect from the Braves, Bryce Ball, not a very highly touted prospect, but he is a top-10 Braves prospect. So it's interesting to see, does that mean someone has their eye on Rizzo? Could he be on the move? And the way he's played this year, you know he's not going to get – that huge contract from the Cubs next year. So either really he stays on the Cubs and gets non-tenure next year, yada yada yada, or he's gonna have to, you know, take one of those one-year Josh Donaldson, ten to fifteen million dollar type contracts next year. So you really think a guy like Anthony Rizzo's in um, doubts of getting traded now, and then obviously Javier Baez comes along. You know, Ryan Tapera will be traded. He's been a really good bullpen arm for the Cubs this year as well. And you also know that Andrew Chafin will probably be traded as well. The Cubs acquired him last year from Arizona at the deadline. He's a lefty specialist out of their bullpen. They call him the Sheriff. He's been one of their big threes. So it's the first of many dominoes to fall. To me, the absolutely 100% guys who will be traded are Chafin, Tapera, Kimbrell, I think those three are as good as gone. I think Zach Davies is as good as gone. And then I think out of Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant, I think you only see one of those three go. I don't think you see all three. And then I think they're going to keep the other two around. And uh, those two and Willie will be their little core of the future because they did say they're not going to tear the whole thing down. So I think you see guys like Kimbrel, Tapera, Chafin, Davies gone. And then one of the big three, Baez, Rizzo, Brian gone the other two end up staying. And maybe Bryce Ball, the first baseman the Cubs acquired from Atlanta, um, is an indicator that Rizzo might be on the move sooner than later. You never know.
0: Well, I will say this. I'm pretty sure they viewed Bryce Ball as the heir apparent to Freddie Freeman. So that's that's a big move by Atlanta. That's good then. to
1: hear. That's good to um, hear. Uh,
0: I'm pretty sure that's the name. And, again, when it comes to me in Atlanta, we all know how I feel about Atlanta. Um But let's digress, and let me ask you this real quick, and I want to go to Alex with the White Sox, what their view of the Cubs doing this is. Would a deal around J.D. Davis and maybe even a Ronnie Mauricio and maybe one or two other prospects, do you think that could get the Mets Kimbrell and Chris Bryant?
1: It's tough because, again, I think the Cubs are going to start – Especially after the Darvish trade, I think Cubs got an okay package, but I I think they knew that they could have done a little better. So I think when the Cubs go fishing this time around, they're going to be looking for the best of the best. So what can they do to maximize that? I mean, Mauricio's obviously a really good prospect. He's a shortstop. He's highly touted in the Mets organization for sure. So they're going to have interest there. But to me, I don't think that package lands both of those guys. I think. Um, a package centering around Mauricio could certainly land him. Craig Kimbrel, will it be enough for the Cubs to tip their cap and throw in a guy like? Um, you know, I think if anything, if they really do throw in that big time package, you're probably going to be pushing for a guy that's going to be like a Francisco Alvarez and that type of deal.
0: I don't think they're going to partner Francisco Alvarez, but Ronnie that's Mauricio. Times, man. Ronnie Mauricio is a nice chip for somebody because they just signed Francisco Lindor to a 10-year contract.
1: And Mauricio is a beautiful trade piece, and that's why I really think he could land you guys one of the big fish. I don't think he could land you guys two big fish in one trade, especially with the demand. I mean, think about it now. Again, last year baseball wasn't real life. It was fun to watch. It was great coming out of COVID. Don't get me wrong. I loved it last year. It was beautiful. But people forgot how uh, baseball – you know, developed another wildcard team. Now a lot more teams are buyers at the trade deadline. A lot more people are offering a lot more for these guys. I mean, it's crazy to think about what the Cubs gave up for guys like Chapman and Quintana. I mean, Chapman at least won us a World Series, but Quintana, obviously, we've seen how that played out. But that just goes to show if players, if teams want a player, they're going to go up and give up maybe one, maybe two, maybe four top prospects. You never know what teams are willing to do in July.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So, Alex, I want to flip the script here, and I want to go to the guy with the biggest lead in divisional play uh, and that's a fan of the Chicago White Sox. So, as you see what's going on with the Cubs, do the White Sox have a need that a player from the Cubs could fill? I know mm. – is it Eloy or Luis Robert that's going to start the um, the rehab assignment?
2: Eloy is already in Charlotte, their AAA affiliate. Okay, uh, So he probably will be back within the next week or two, I would say at the latest. Okay.
0: So now nice. if Eloy comes back, you're talking, you guys need an arm more than a bat. I would think.
2: I would think so. I'm, I'm probably thinking they need a little more bullpen help. Uh, it's okay. been, it's been kind of a, a plus to have Hendricks, but he's kind of hit or miss at times and kind of tends to give up a little bit of home runs. I think he's given up eight already this year uh, from your closer. So uh, it would be nice to have another bat as well, too. I know we need, we have a hole right now at second base. Uh Garcia has kind of been filling that role for the time being, but I don't foresee the White Sox being foolish and kind of making one of those uh dire trades to try and go after a Trevor story or Eduardo Escobar. Cause it seems like both of those organizations are asking for a boatload. And I would hope that the White Sox were smart enough not to just mortgage your franchise for a rental essentially. So that's kind of how I look at it Um in terms of going after somebody from the Cubs. uh Maybe you, you can land yourself like a Tapera or a Chafin, but I don't see them going after a Kimbrough because they already have themselves uh, Hendricks. So I could
1: definitely see it to or Chafin, especially with a guy, you know, a couple of their usual guys struggling back there. Not um, their closer, obviously, but a couple other guys. I could see a Chafin or Tapera. It's possible, but
2: I mean, I like where they're sitting right now, eight games up. Guys are getting healthy, uh, but it would not do them any harm going after tr- trying to make a trade with a team who uh, is in need of talent uh, to rebuild. So if they can get themselves like an Adam Frazier from the Pirates, you know, mm-hmm. top of the guy, top of the lineup kind of guy, he can hit. That's what you need right now to kind of plug the gap in a sense after losing Montreal for the season.
0: Yeah. And uh, the Mets were linked to Frazier, too, but it made no sense to me because McNeil's starting to hit. And that's I love watching him and Lindor in the middle, man. Um, So let's go to other guys we think could be on the move at the deadline. Let's just let's back away from the Cubs for just a second. Let's get a bigger, a broader picture. Um, Let's talk Trevor Story. Now, great showing in his home park in the uh, Home Run Derby. What team do you think fits Story? Because I I have one that people are going to look at me funny.
1: I I have one that I think people might look at me funny as well. And who you got? you guys take this how you want and i believe before the year started and i know i know the lead, the deficit in the division is big but the wild card is there for the taking if they make the right moves um, they traded their shortstop. What uh, they have one, two, three. They have five top 100 prospects. What if a team like the Indians were to go out and make a big splash for a guy like Trevor Story? We've seen, we've seen them move pitching around for hitting before. They moved a big arm and got a guy like Puig in before at the deadline, and then Puig became a free agent. So what if it's a quick dump to tell their fans, hey, we're still playing this year. Cause you know, Terry Francona will never like to rebuild and he's getting older. This will rejuvenate their lineup. Um, probably won't happen, but he, it would fit beautiful, especially with the exit to Lindor and um, they're hidden. And I told you guys, you know, twins, I, I think I called before the year that the twins would struggle. Not that the Indians are giving the white Sox any run for their money, but I think I said that they'd be the closest team. And. Trevor Story would be nice for them, but the White Sox I heard were actually linked to Trevor Story. Uh, Jeff Passon said that Trevor Story is a fit for the White Sox, so that would be incredible, but my thing is you'd have to figure, uh, obviously him or Tim Anderson would have to shift to second base, probably not Tim Anderson because he's their all-star Trevor's story. Would he want to play? Where would he want to play? It would get tough. Maybe designated. You never know what would happen. But I heard the White Sox by Jeff Passan. I think the Indians would be a fit. But I, any team would love to have Trevor's story.
0: Here's my dark horse, and it's even darker when I think about who they have there now. How about
2: Oakland? Oakland has been the team that's been had, has a, has had the most connection, honestly.
0: Yeah, and so but, you move Story to second. You move Andrews to second base. Hmm. And now your middle infield is, I think, the best in that division.
1: I mean, that Even whole entire
2: than- would be solid.
1: Not better than Houston.
0: <sighs> I don't know.
1: Correa I, and El Tuve.
0: I think Elvis Andrews at second base would be just as good defensively in the year. Are you talking about offensively?
1: Offensively, he's not really um- – Pushing well, the envelope.
0: No, but he's having a decent year in comparison to what he normally
1: does. Altuve, though, he's having almost MVP type esque numbers. Not saying he will in the year. There's a lot of AL guys balling out, but Altuve's rejuvenated his career a little bit. He has 20 bombs, 55 ribbies, four seals, 280 average. Uh, and then Correa, we know what he could do. But I mean, both would be good tandems. But Elvis Andrews this year. Hasn't really done too well offensively. I think he's hitting below 240, actually. So,
2: I know Houston. I know Houston's at the top right now, but Correa is a free agent next year. So, is he? Are they going to go out and do a long-term extension with him, or are they going to let him walk at the end of this year?
1: That's a and, great point.
2: And yeah. I know they're. In fir- I know they're in first place right now, but you know.
1: There's a ton of shortstop free agents too. So, how does that impact the rest of the market as well when you got four or five top of the line free agent shortstops? It's like, you know, you got a lot to choose from if you're a team in need of a shortstop.
0: I mean, if you think of it this way, these are the guys that are free agents Baez, Correa, Story, Seeger, and um, there's, oh, one more. One more.
1: there's one more. There's one more. There's one more. Let me look.
0: This is going to annoy me. Same. But so, Alex, I mean, your boys got a pretty decent lead. Do you think if they stayed pat at the deadline, if Cleveland gets healthy, they can keep their lead?
2: Uh, I do think so, but I, I think they are going to make some type of move. They they won't. I I would hope, and I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed, that they're not going to stay idle at the deadline. I'm not saying they need to make a splash landing. Uh, I, I have heard the, the connection between them and Trevor Story, but you're not going to move Tim Anderson, you're starting shortstop to second base, and I don't foresee Trevor Story wanting to just, you know, come to Chicago and say, I'll play second base. I don't really see that happening. Uh, it's going to be pr- a pretty expensive rental, and who would they have to give up? I, I don't I don't really want to see that, even though I'd like to have Trevor Story in the black and white pinstripes. but
0: I tell you what, though, if Trevor Story moved to second base, where does he now rank in the top echelon of second baseman in
2: the game? Uh, he's up there, no doubt. That might make him more money. You're, you're not kidding. Yeah, I mean, like I said, would I like to see him batting second in that lineup? Of course, in front of Jose Abreu, in front of Eloy, in front of Luis Robert. Not, and then you're you're going to get uh, Grandal back at a certain point.
0: Oh, that was rough.
2: That was that was tough to see, but he's supposed to come back sometime m- middle to end of August. So hopefully by September at the latest. But you add a, a guy like Story to that lineup, and it's that's that's scary, probably one through eight.
0: That is scary one through eight. Um and then of course your nine hitter, you just kind of put it plug somebody in and play. Um they had somebody playing left field earlier in the year. Um it was a converted first baseman. What was
2: his name? Uh they got Andrew Vaughn right now playing left field. Yep. That's okay. Who who as as far as I'm concerned, even when Eli comes back and I'm steadfast. Even decent. He's, he's your starting left fielder. I do not put Eloy at all in left field unless it's
1: one time a week. Wait, and I I, I seen not to cut off again, but another interesting thing here quick on Jock Peterson that John Heyman's reporting. No money change hands and deals, so Atlanta picks up 3000000 million-plus remaining on Peterson's contract. Braves stayed outside their top 20 prospects. Also, as Ken Rosenthal points out, if things don't improve for the Braves, it could wind up flipping Jock peterson so it sounds like the braves are kind of doing one of those things where hey let's trade now you know 15 days before the deadline 14 days before the deadline let's see if jock can help us and we've seen a couple teams do this before um it's not often but we've seen a couple teams trade see how it works and then we've seen guys get dealt right away so we'll see if jock ends up helping atlanta or ends up getting traded again
0: Listen, I've seen it too. The Mets have actually done that. Um, So I definitely get where that could come from. So Jock Peterson is the first domino to fall. If you had to put money on it, who's next?
1: Craig Kimbrell is a hot commodity and Andrew Chafin. I'm thinking one of those two right away will be dealt. The year that Andrew Chafin has been having, the year that Craig Kimbrell has been having. Uh, Tapera is having a good year, but he took a step back. Um, over the past month or so, um, no, he's still having an incredible year. But Kimbrell is looking like the Kimbrel that the Cubs thought they were going to get a couple years ago. And let's not forget Kimbrell was out for a third of that year, and then he was coming off an injury as well. And then last year's COVID year, he really was shut down a lot the past two years. Yeah. And, when you, and when you're a closer, I'm not giving the guy excuses, but when the Cubs first signed him, He was lights out the first month. And then his ERA, I remember a rough night against Pittsburgh, uh, blew a save, and he was never the same since that. His ERA ballooned over six. And then last year, he started out really bad. And then in September, he was lights out. So he got in his rhythm. And then this year, he's been lights out since. So Craig Kimbrough has been incredible. And then a guy like Andrew Chafin, He had a 3.0 ERA for us last year in 2020 in four appearances, and then this year in 40 games, he has a 1.42 ERA in 38 innings with 35 strikeouts amongst those innings, and he's a lefty specialist. His whip is .73 as well. So Andrew Chafin could really be a dynamic tool. Craig Kimbrough will be gone for sure. Andrew Chafin will be gone for sure. And then I put outside money on Zach Davies. I I put him at like a 5% chance to be the next domino to fall. He hasn't had an incredible year, but we know that teams just get desperate around the deadline, especially smaller market teams that can't afford – big money pieces quite exactly this time of year. So I would really look for a team like even Oakland. We keep mentioning them, but we know they could use veteran pitching. Wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Zach Davies ends up in Oakland or something along those lines. Even Los Angeles Angels, you know, Joe Madden wants to win. They're making a little run in that division. Uh, or in With their record, they're nearing 500 baseball. Otani's a talk of baseball. Mike Trout's going to be coming back. They could use pitch and help as well. I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Davies ends up on one of those ball clubs in the AL. Here's a no, here's a that, quick scenario. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead.
0: No, no say, i would I like, uh, say I like the Angels being active at the deadline just because I think they need another arm. I don't know if it's bullpen or starting rotation. Ryso Iglesias hasn't been what they thought he was going to be. Um, but if they got an arm, I think they can – and Trout comes back and be what he was before he got hurt – they could make a run, especially with the way Otani's been swinging the bat from start to finish. So, Alex, uh, your point you were going to make. I'm sorry about that.
2: Just really quickly uh, to uh, to go to back up Tone's point. I think Kimbrell's the first, and I see him going back to Boston. And you and in mm. Boston, Boston
1: lines up Matt Barnes as your setup, and you your closer. And I, I heard see- I heard that last week too. Jim Deshays was actually mentioning on the air last week. He said. Outside chance, he goes. What if Kimbrel, Barnes, and then I agree with you. I would absolutely put Kimbrel as closer. But realistically, I guess if Boston's comfortable with Barnes, you could. The year Barnes is having, and Ottavino in that bullpen, you could do some magic with those three in the back end of that bullpen.
0: That would be huge. Now I want to jump into. Let's go back to the American League Central for a second. So I'm flipping through Twitter as you were talking, Tones, because I want to see if I saw anything else that we could dive into as far as the move goes. But here's something no one's talking about. Um, Do we know who the Mets uh, pitching coach is? Does everybody remember?
1: Mets pitching coach Um,
0: is – Jeremy Hefner, former Met and former pitching coach of the Minnesota Twins. How about Jose Barrios in Queens?
1: Wow. Yeah. And I mean, wow. I could see him on the move and, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams that's a second half player, but they're so deep in a hole in the AL and they got, you know, a lot of problems over there. So I don't know. I just, I think he could, he would, he would look good in it for the Mets for sure. But I, I don't know. The twins are a weird team. You never know what they're quite going to do. But if he does end up moving.
0: I agree. But the twins also... The Twins also need a middle infield. Oh yeah, and this is where we have um, this is where we have the Ronnie Mauricio chip again. Um, so, uh, hey Alex, would you be happy to get Barrios out of the American League Central?
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. We they, the Sox have t- have tend to hit him not too bad as of late. So if he stays, it's fine. But if he goes, even better.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And listen, um, this is going to be – I think this is going to be one of the craziest trade deadlines because of the way last year was. Um, I, I think it's going to be an absolute nuts day start. And it's a Saturday too, which is the absolute
2: best. I have heard – No rumb- one's going
0: to get in trouble for paying more attention to Twitter.
2: Sorry, I just ha- – I've heard rumblings. have heard rumblings all- of? Of uh, another uh, Twins Mets connection, potentially a Josh Donaldson, if they don't, if they're not able to Ooh. like Chris Bryant, I,
0: I don't know. I don't know if I want Josh Donaldson. To be very honest with you, um, from a selfish standpoint, I think the Mets could re-sign Chris Bryant. I really do. I think they have the capital finally to actually make that deal uh, with Steve Cohen as the owner. Um, but I want Bryant – if they're going to make a deal for a player, I want Bryant because I want his versatility because now we can look to do what I wanted to in the offseason, and that's move Pete Alonso to third base, move Dominic Smith to first base full-time, play Bryant left field. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I don't. it's not that I don't like Donaldson. I love Donaldson. But, no, I, I'd rather have Bryant. Uh, but if the Mets are going to go to Minnesota, I think Barrios is the move. Because you're not going to get an ace, you're obviously you're not going to get an ace, um, but you you put him in the middle of all-star Taiwan Walker, what Marcus Stroman has done. You add Barrios. I said Cookie was pitching tonight. Uh, Tyler McGill has not been bad at all. David Peterson was starting to show signs before he got hurt. Now you have the depth to make the run. And oh, by the way, Thor's on the horizon. He was in New York throwing last week. So they got a lot of stuff coming back. I mean, your boys with Eloy coming back and um, you had one other guy hurt.
2: Luis Robert. Yeah. What's what's his prognosis? He's probably like two to three weeks behind Eloy. So I would okay. say sometime in August, middle August okay. probably.
0: All right. Um, let's talk about the other shortstops we were mentioning, um, even if we don't come up with the, the fifth one. Which will end up driving me nuts at some point in time. Uh, I don't think Kyle Seager will be traded by the Dodgers. I think he's pretty well entrenched there.
2: That's Corey Houston
0: or Corey Seager. I'm sorry. Um, Kyle's the one place third base for Minnesota or uh, Seattle, right? Seattle. Okay, I got the brothers mixed up. I'm sorry. Um, So is Story really the only one we're talking about being moved? 'Cause I don't think Houston's gonna go stir crazy stupid and trade correct.
2: That would be the that would be the foolish move of the season if they did that.
0: I, I I wouldn't know what to say. I would probably just stare at my phone and go, What?
1: Yeah, I I I don't really see it happening, but I mean it's sports, you've seen stranger things happen.
0: Yeah, we're you know, five years removed from Bartolo Colon's home run.
1: Yeah, where where <laughs> is big Se- isn't big sexy floating around somewhere still nowadays? Big
0: sexy's pitching in the Mexican League, um, and there is a groundswell movement on Twitter for the Mets to sign him as a depth piece.
1: There's a, there's a lot of good players actually in the Mexican League right now. I've seen um, Oliver Perez is over there. He actually had an ERA under two with the Indians this year, if I remember correctly, before uh. Going over there. So yeah, he, um, tur- he
0: turned himself into a very good lefty specialist out of the bullpen. Correct. Um, you know, I famously remember him as the guy who started game seven of that 06 LCS against Alex's dad's Cardinals uh, and did not pitch bad.
1: Okay. So I got the list of shortstops who will be okay, free. What we got? Javier Baez, Carlos Correa. Um, even uh, he's older, but Brandon Crawford, even though he's 35, he was an all-star this year. Corey Seager, yes, Marcus Semyon's another big one. Um, and then Trevor Story, Chris Taylor. Yeah. Those, well, that, I don't
0: think Semyon's going to go anywhere because Toronto's in it.
1: No, probably not, but he is a free agent. You never know. We've seen players that sometimes choose money. You never know.
0: And isn't, Not, um, isn't Semien playing second base because Bo Bichette's at short?
1: Yeah, but this is just listing potential. I know with um, Oakland, he played short. And, uh, okay,
0: yeah, no, I know that.
1: Yeah, so I think it's just listing potential short stops.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So now let's go into the first half. Let's um, obviously the big stories in the first half in the American League anyway has been Otani. Uh, and how amazing he has been. Um, the Babe Ruth comparisons is notwithstanding. Um, I'm going to say something probably controversial. He needs to stop pitching.
2: I would agree. Not
1: yet. Not and yet.
0: I say he needs to stop pitching because...
1: He's the Angels' only pitcher right now.
0: I and I'm, I'm it's not going to happen this season. I'm saying, but for his career, he needs to stop pitching. Correct. If he loses another season to Tommy John, you're talking about losing maybe the biggest bat not named Trout in your lineup.
1: But he, he, he still batted that entire season. Did he hit? Did he
0: DH that entire season? Correct. I thought he was out. Okay.
1: He never missed a year batting yet. Uh, he still played every season, he only didn't pitch in one of the seasons. He's an incredible athlete, and that's the thing with a guy like Shohei Otani, he's batting he's the best hitter in baseball on this at this given moment right now. And he's the best pitcher on the Angels right now. Joe Madden's the best at utilizing players to the best of their abilities and taking advantage of most out of their players. I think that Otani's in a great spot for being utilized and you Damn well know that he's on the Angels for only a couple more seasons. He'll be a pitcher for his uh, duration of his time in L.A. L.A. just never is pitching. Um, They need to, if they're smart, they go get an ace or some pitching help either this offseason or now because you can't waste Trout, Otani, and Rondon. I know Rondon's an off injury, but you have those three, three of the better hitters in baseball. And you're telling me that you can't go out and get some big-name pitching help? Come on.
0: Especially in an L.A. market, which is shocking to me. Correct. Um, Correct. So we just got a, a hit on Periscope from my buddy Willie uh, from Shakeback Media Group, who uh, I do the uh, Family of Baseball podcast with those guys, and that, it was Willie and Nat, who is the uh, Indians uh, SI Cleveland beat writer.
2: Oh wow, uh, let That's me tell you. Fun.
0: Let me tell you, these two, they can go, man. They go like us. They're great. They're absolutely awesome. Um, I gotta get the four of us together at some point in time. I didn't have time to put it together for this one because we have been talking about this for since the draft. I think we talked about this. Um speaking of the major league baseball draft, um for the first time in a long time, I paid attention to what the draft was gonna look like. Uh, I think it's because of who went number two overall, uh, Jack Leiter, who went to Texas yeah. uh, from Vanderbilt. But did you guys see what the Mets did at 10? I did see that. Mm-hmm. You got the Vandy boy, huh? We got Kumar Rocker. Yep. Now here's the kicker. The big thing about Rocker is he's ready. His slider, will, his slider and breaking stuff will play at the big league level now. Um, so somebody had said to me on Twitter, said they see the Matt Harvey – line Harvey was drafted in 2010 was in the big leagues by July of 2012 so you're talking he was drafted this year next year or the year after I think Rocker could be in the big leagues here's the one difference that will help Kamar Rocker when Harvey walked into the clubhouse in Arizona in 2012 he was the ace that was it Santana had already been hurt we knew Dickey was not going to come back even though he won his Cy Young that year Kamar Rocker is going to walk into a clubhouse with Jacob deGrom and Taiwan Walker and Marcus Stroman, hopefully. Do you see a guy a year and a half out of college, or maybe even a year out of college, being able to come in and if it's this guy or Jack Lighter, can they contribute right away? Lighter's going to have to carry a staff, though. Do, e- do either of those guys have the makeup, do you think?
1: No, not, not right off the bat. No. Um, it's very rare in baseball that prospects contribute or that draft picks do end up contributing right away. And I mean, they could maybe toss some, you know, pivotal innings, but the risk reward, um, just go out and trade a mid-level prospect for a guy who could give you those innings to start as well. And, uh, Save your young guys some innings. Don't stress them out right away and easily ease his way in like a normal prospect, in my opinion.
0: Okay, well, let me ask you this: How uh, rocker would be a back of the rotation guy? You still wouldn't take that chance with that talent.
1: I I don't know. I I I I have a hard time putting myself in that position to making these. These, these young guys vulnerable at that young of an age um, with with that little of experience right off the bat you know it's 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 just a little crazy it, I mean it, not saying it's impossible we've seen rare examples that have been just fine doing it but again you never know how that you never know how it could turn out and uh it, it could go either way
2: no here alex what do you think I think you give him a, another year to kind of develop in the system, kind of get some experience, get his feet wet, you know, throwing alongside your Jacob deGrom, you know, Marcus Drummond and, and so forth. And then 2023, you let him go. And obviously you put him at as your number four, number your, your number five and, and see how it works out. And, you know, you give him a, you know, five to 10 starts. And if it doesn't work out well, you send him back down to develop, knowing he's still 22, 23 years old, 24 years old at the worst, not a bad problem to have realistically
0: no and i understand that i mean the whole thing with rocker was really the the harvey comparison and how quickly he was there because he went through the three years of school at north carolina um and like i said he walked into a, a clubhouse where he needed to be the guy rocker would walk into one where he doesn't need to be the guy so i just kind of put it on that parallel with that there um and willie just so you know yes i don't think you should put them in the young kids either but like i said that Rocker's a different animal with what he would walk into. Um, just, again, my own thing there. So we hit the draft. What surprised you guys in the first half? Alex, I want to start with you. When we did our baseball preview way back when, night after the Super Bowl, night after somebody didn't sleep the night before, um, <laughs> when we did our, our season preview the night after the Super Bowl, has anything not happened that has just absolutely blown your mind?
2: I am still thoroughly shocked by Kevin Gossman and the San Francisco Giants You're and how not. well they are playing. That is that is the one right there that is continuing to get me. And bravo to that uh that team and that organization because they're staying relevant in a in the division that we thought was going to be the toughest, and it really is realistically is the toughest with the Dodgers lurking and the Padres right there as well, too. So The San Francisco Giants, the fact that they have not fallen off 82 games in is bravo to them because they deserve it.
0: No, I'm with you. Tom, what about you? Besides the Giants, obviously, because we all three of us are shocked by that. Has something something not happened that you're shocked by?
1: Has something not happened that I'm shocked by?
0: Has something that you thought would happen this season not come to fruition that just kind of...
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought I, I on although I thought they were a little weak at pitching, I did think the Cardinals would be a little better position at this point in time. Um, one other thing, one other thing that stands out to me: the Mariners are playing impressive baseball. Um, I I tip my cap to them, especially with James Paxton going down so early for them. He was supposed to be their big offseason acquisition. And uh, he went down in his first start of the year, and the Mariners are only a couple games out of a wild card spot, and they're actually playing really good baseball. So that's been uh, pretty fun to see how well they're doing. And honestly, that division is going to be a fun division to watch the second half with the Astros, the Angels, the Mariners, and the Athletics. So um, I don't know. And another thing is uh, all these no-hitters have been wild as well. Um, it's been wild. There's been a couple seven innings, no hitters, a couple shared, no hitters. I don't know if you guys heard as well today, some rules that Manfred said, um, are changing next year. There's no more seven inning double headers next year. There will be nine inning double headers if they do happen to be double headers and they will start back to back though, which I really like about that. So they're not going to be the day night spread out. It's going to be nine innings and then, all right, you know, a couple minutes in between game on. And uh, I think it's good for the fans. And then also, no more man on second to start extra innings, which I love because that just ruined. Why not? At that point, ended in a tie because the guy's going to score. And uh, it's really just depends who has the heart of their order coming up at that point in time because the rally's already created itself. So I think actually, Rob Manfred. Uh, as, as cringeworthy as it is to say, Rob Manfred makes two good calls in my book on these rule announcements. So baseball has um, really been fun this year. Um, it's been an incredible first half. And between the emerging stars we got, like Otani, like Tatis, you know, like Acuna, sad to say he went down. but And then some of these rule changes upcoming, you could tell baseball's, you know, Impressive. Impressive. I will say baseball has been nothing but impressive. Hey, Mike, I got a quick question for you before, when you, after you make your point.
0: Yeah. Um, so the thing that shocked me, uh, and yeah, Vlad Jr. Really has been off the charts too. The yep. thing that shocks me is the National League East is the worst division in the National League. I, I'm floored. That team's with that much talent in the Mets and the Nationals and the Braves and the Phillies. Um, I, I'm floored. I am floored at the Mets are so the only team over five hundred in that division. Absolutely floored. So, Alex, what what were you going to say?
2: So, this is a little bit for you because you're in the New York market. Uh, how are the Yankees only three games above five
1: hundred? Hey, go on. I, I got some Kimbrel news after this, but go on.
0: Um, there's two very simple reasons. Number one. They have the shortest porch in baseball in right field and have zero left-handed bats. Uh, Number two, their pitching behind Garrett Cole, pre-sticky stuff rules, uh, has been marginal at best. Uh, Three, Garrett Cole has had two good starts in the last month. One of them being in Houston, which I'm sure he figured out a way to cheat down there like he did the last time. Um, Sorry, I can't. Okay, I can't. And here's the third reason. Here's the last reason. Chapman is garbage. And he is hot garbage. No offense to Jared Walsh, who was an all-star this year. He should not take Chapman deep for a grand slam to tie a game. Ever.
2: Yeah, I did see that the other day. That was shocking.
0: Look, I live with a Yankee fan. and, And I I Fully embraced the fact that she's a Yankee fan. I want a $5 scratch-off because of that weekend with the Mets. But watching that, I sat there with my son on my lap during the first game of the doubleheader on July 4th. And as soon as Chapman let go of that slider to the polar bear, I knew the game was tied. Because it was flat, and I'm thinking, oh, Pete's going to hit this ball a long way. I think I even texted you that day, Alex, and said, are you watching this? I mean, seriously, he has, been, <laughs> he has been terrible. He's been terrible. I mean, and but that night, you see, they do have guys that one that, um, oh, the pit, the lefty, I don't even know what his name is. The guy made a spot start, he was brilliant. Shane Green was great out of the bullpen that night. They have the pieces to make a run, but when you have a middle of a lineup that's going to strike out 600 times. In a pitching deep environment that is twenty twenty one, you're not going to win games. So it's a confluence of all of it. Your three hundred million your three hundred million dollar man doesn't have his three hundred million dollar substance
2: anymore. It's just surprising to me, and I'm not saying that they're not going to figure it out. But for them that for them at this point of the season to be eight games back is just like whoa! Didn't see that coming. I didn't.
0: I didn't see them being eight games back but I did see them at some point having a deficit because I thought Toronto would be the one to go after. I really did. What the Red Sox are doing – did any of you – either of you guys see this?
1: No, especially after – I know it's only one series, but I remember opening series, the Orioles were embarrassing them and everyone was like, oh, what the hell's going on here? I mean, great great year by the Red Sox, and they're getting Chris Sale back in a couple weeks. (laughs) And – we all know the type of money they have to pull out of the wazoo at the trade deadline. So, with those two factors into consideration, hmm, they could be a nice team. And, by the way, the Craig Kimbrel little tidbit I've seen, um, take it for how you want, but I've seen Bob Nightingale tweeted, seems like the Mets are a perfect fit for Craig Kimbrell. He literally just tweeted that one or two minutes ago, so... um he also,
0: he also tweeted out that they seemed like the perfect fit for Chris Bryant, too.
1: Oh, maybe he's just uh gonna delete whatever one doesn't happen then. You know, maybe Bob's just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, but yeah, because um, the Mets
0: the Mets Raccoon uh Twitter account just tweeted out his thing from February fourth. Trevor Bauer and the Mets have a deal.
1: Did he really Alex- tweet that?
0: Yes, he did on February 4th. Alex, you and I both said he wasn't getting out of this year without cuffs on. Tone, what do you think? Is Bauer going to be going to baseball jail?
1: Man, I mean, it's tough to see what's going on here. Obviously, none of us really know what's going on here, so it's hard It's hard to say what's exactly happening in that situation. All I know is it's ugly. There's a lot of smoke um, that's being blown, and we know that in all of sports, um, each commissioner has their own rules and their rules aren't real life's rules. So we've seen some guys that break the rules in real life that get to play in sports. And then we've seen some guys that don't break the rule in real life, but they don't get to play in sports. So it's really all depends. Like it's crazy. Um, You know, we've seen a guy like Ben Roethlisberger right, wrong or indifferent gets found, gets found, not guilty, but he gets to play, In the NFL, right? So a guy like Trevor Bauer, maybe he's going to miss no time. But uh, obviously he's missing time now, but maybe no suspension comes of it. Or maybe he gets suspended even though he gets found not guilty, right? Addison Russell technically didn't get found guilty in the court of law. He gets suspended for a long time. Um, And then a guy like, you know, a couple other guys in the NFL, Greg Hardy, got suspended four games, Should have been much longer. He threw his girlfriend on a gun to bed. So, in sports, it's just really rare. Like, um, it's really sad to say, too, because it should be pretty cut and dry with anything, you know, physical like this. And now, um, you know, we're seeing it happen with Richard Sherman as well, sadly. So, we, we just continue to see it in sports. Hopefully, the Trevor Bauer thing isn't true. I'm hoping. Um. These actually, I don't know. Either way, it's sick. If the girls are lying, it's sick. If Trevor Bauer really did this, it's sick. One way or another, it's a sick situation, and I hope it gets resolved soon. And it, it's the guy. I don't know about you guys, but it's disgusting to me if it's uh if if Bauer really really did that. Um it's hard because he was such a top image for baseball over the past couple of years, such a verbal spokesperson. And I was just in Cincinnati, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum. They already have Trevor, and he was barely on the Reds, but they got Trevor Bauer game-used items draped in that museum already. So it's just, go. if that's what's in the Reds Museum, what's in Cooperstown, what's in this? I mean, this guy changed the game of baseball for better for a while, whether you liked him or not, but. We'll see what happens. I mean, he might not make it through the year.
0: Alex, let me ask you a funny question. If I'd have told you on February 15th, uh, which is right around when he signed with the Dodgers, that the Mets would have dodged a bullet and the guy they signed instead in Taiwan Walker was an all-star and Trevor Bauer wasn't, what would you think?
2: I see you're a crazy man, but now you'd be a millionaire.
0: (laughs) I love him too. I really do. I
1: I love Taiwan.
0: I think Mike Zanito loves him a little more.
1: His stats have uh, always been incredible for the most part, too. If you look at Taiwan's career numbers, besides injuries that have derailed him a little bit, with the Mariners, with the Diamondbacks, with the Mets, with the Blue Jays, he's put up good numbers. And this is a guy I traded for in fantasy. Um, He's been helping my pitching staff, and uh, I've been lucky to have him. He's been a hoot to have.
0: I agree, and I got to tell you, he's a Class A dude, too. Uh, he fits in with that clubhouse really well. Um, I, I got to tell you, the three of the teams I love, and I, the Mets, of course, win, lose, or draw, they're my team. I bleed orange and blue. But they're fun to watch, too, all of them. And the White Sox are very much fun to watch. And listen, my two favorite moments of the year so far are when Rizzo chased Freddie Freeman down and screamed his name. Mm-hmm. which was hysterical then yeah. we struck him out
1: yeah yeah that, that
0: was awesome've
1: <laughs> the vet uh, too many hitters pitches here but nonetheless you know
0: listen man I, and I hope rizzo I hope a bad season doesn't change any of these guys a rough year because I'll tell you what they are we are seeing guys in baseball now be as personable as you see guys in the NBA mm-hmm. which is wonderful to see. Um, you know, Alex, I'm I'm flipping through YouTube, wasting time in the middle of the night when I'm up with Bobby, and I see videos from last year and the year uh, last year, at Luis Robert running in front of Eloy catching fly balls with a guy playing right field, and they're just kind of staring at him and having fun. And then you got the Cubs, Contreras throws a bullet to first base, and Rizzo waits till he's not looking, throws a ball back at him. I mean, it's, I, it is it me or is. Baseball becoming fun again.
2: It you needs. Know? Baseball needs this. They need this type of energy. They need bat flips. You need guys with swagger on the fields. That's what's going to bring fans back to the game. That's going to you know put you know what's in the seats. You know better ratings. You got to get this energy in, into baseball and be have their guys be personable. That's what you need. You you need to have them connect outside of baseball. Let them show who they are off the field and on the field. They're human beings just like us, only they make ridiculous money, but they're human beings at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I got to tell you, my other favorite moment from the All-Star game was when Vladdy hit that home run and Tatis was on the microphone and he just put his hands on his head.
1: I agree, though. Baseball's been incredible. That's I added in before the first half has been everything we could ask for more as fans, and I think they're turning the page for the better for entertainment. When I was down in Cincinnati, you seen it right there live that the Reds fans themselves were – it was an incredible vibe down there. Um, Castellanos is having an MVP-type season. The T-shirts that Cincinnati's selling, they're selling them like hotcakes, too. They have really cool – player t-shirts they got Joey Votto dabbing on one for his thousandth career RBI they got one that says uh to go with Alex's point we need more bat flips they got one that's an Amer Garrett quote it says bat flipping son of a guns that's what he wants the Reds to be quote from Amer Garrett then there's a Castellanos shirt that says my heart is happy here and it's Nick Castellanos I mean the vibes down there were unreal I'm sure around stadiums i've been to the rays wrigley Sox park reds park this year they're all been incredible gentlemen i hate to cut this short um i've already overstayed my welcome the guys at cracker jacks are hollering at me a little bit um sorry fellas i know you guys are watching no no don't be sorry i'm having fun here Uh, i'll tell them you know um, we, we, can, uh, we can record whenever there, but gentlemen, we got to do this again real soon. Absolutely. But, um, I, and I, like I said, I, we got to have you guys on cardboard and Cracker Jack. So gentlemen, it's been a slice as always.
0: Absolutely. And let's throw it out there now. Big weekend baseball show trade deadline wrap up. We'll come to you August 1st. How about that?
1: I'm in count me in. Uh, when is that? That's what a day? Sunday night. I'm in. Yep. And
0: let's do it.
1: Let's do it, fellas. I'm gonna. Con- I'll continue having you on in the background, but uh, I got to record now, fellas. <laughs> Thanks, man. Good night, fellas. See you, Tone. So
0: let's go back to the the hat, the um fun thing, and what I told you before, July 30th. As you can see, I wear my black Mets David Wright T-shirt tonight. As the Mets are bringing back the black unis, um, one of the things I was looking at, they're going to start selling the black. Uh, uh, stuff on the Mets team store soon.
2: So as right, soon right. as
0: I see what they're doing, I'll get you. I got you.
2: Let me I'll know. I'll let you
0: know. Let me know. Um, so what we're going to do next with Tone, and we'll actually do that with him when we do the wrap-up show uh, for the trade deadline in the first, but let you and I get into this, and let's talk about some of the performances we saw in the first half of the season that really blew our mind. Um, and I'm going to start with my boy, and that is quite simply the best pitcher on the planet. Uh, what DeGrom has done. He gave up five runs in three starts and his ERA ballooned to 1.02. Whew. Ballooned to 1.02. Um, I went out on the limb and said he's going to break the record. He's going to break Bob Gibson's record from 1968. Um, but in the Jacob DeGrom realm with what he's doing and way the way he's pitching, let's talk about a guy you brought up and Kevin Gausman, who is having a phenomenal season very quietly because of what Gram is doing mm-hmm. I mean, you seem to know a little bit more about Gosman than i do is he a power pitcher is he a sinker slider guy what's he doing then he's getting guys out like this
2: you know i i would be lying if i told you i've i've watched a lot of giants games just because of what time they play here in uh in chicago uh but i know that he he does he's not one who overpowers you i think he's kind of one for control and then he can kind of surprise one by you with throwing, you know, mid 90s or whatever maybe. But he's he's just kind of a a little more of a finesse kind of guy. A little bit of control, you know, I'm going to kind of get have you guessing basically which is what all pitchers want to do, but considering the fact that he's not throwing high 90s, he's got to kind of bring some of that creativity to the mound.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, he's uh 133 strikeouts in the first half, 1.73, which is still almost a full run higher than what Jake's doing. Um, he's got a .82 whip. I mean, he's basically second to most stats to where DeGrom's going. Um, and listen, he he is pitching phenomenal. Uh, I will say this. He did tweet out on Monday Mancini over Alonso in the home run derby. So, Kev, sorry, you were wrong. Um, now, I know Giolito um, has been great. Rodon, of course, with a no-hitter. Um, what's Keuchel been like? Because I I haven't heard much. I mean, I've been so laser-focused between everything going on with family and the Mets being in first place, using the third most players in the game. Um, I sent you guys the the video that SNY did, which my, my favorite part is Billy McKinney getting off a bus that said Milwaukee Brewers on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Pilar having the mask on. Yeah. <laughs> but, listen – What's Keichel been for you guys? What's he look like?
2: Uh, he's been your number four, number your your number five guy. Some games he goes out there and you know gives you five, six, maybe seven. You know gives up a couple of runs, and then there's other games where he you know he's going out there and he's you know maybe getting through four, giving up three, four, five runs. So you know he's got he's hit or miss, realistically, in in terms of Chicago and, and the White Sox. Pretty pretty decent rotation, but I would say their number one guys uh, thus far this season have no doubt been Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn right now has a 1.99 ERA. I arguably think that either one of those guys could have started the all-star game for the American League because they've been just lights out here in Chicago. And the fact that right now Lance Lynn is only on a one-year contract, I am a firm believer that the White Sox need to do whatever they possibly can to re-sign him, get him for at least two more years, lock him up because he's been everything that Chicago has needed.
0: And you and I both said that that signing was going to be huge for them.
2: And it's he's consistent. Anymore.
0: Yes. He's consistent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I want to get to one story in the American league that has been blowing my mind. And we touched on it a little bit and that's the Boston Red Sox. Um, I want to go into a little more uh, Willie who is going on vacation. So Willie have a safe trip, my friend uh, we will get the family of baseball once you get back and we will get you on the Big Reek Baseball Show too. Um, did you know the Boston hasn't lost to the Yankees? Yes, at
2: all. I didn't know that. I did know that. My cousins in Texas, who are diehard Red Sox fans, uh, let the world know every single time. I don't know how that is. I don't know how it is. They're so he, he, get this, and I'm, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but born and raised in Los Angeles, Reese moved to Texas. We'll say ten years ago, but have always bled. The red and blue, or the red and white, I should say.
0: Do you have family from Boston or something?
2: No. Wait, were,
0: Wait. how are, okay, I'm 42, how old are your cousins?
2: Uh, They're younger than me, they're early early 20s, late teens, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, in that area.
0: So the, so, 14, the 014 wasn't what did this?
2: No, so they are diehard Pedroia fans. Okay. Um, they love De- Rafi Devers. They love Z- themselves, Xander Bogarts. You know they 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 just they can't get enough of those boys. That's great. They are just that's absolutely great diehards. They they have traveled the country, I think, to see the Red Sox. They, I know they've gone to Tampa to go see the Red Sox play. They've gone to the the bar Park in Arlington when it was the Arlington ballpark to go see them the Rangers and the Red Sox. So they travel far and wide to go see their boys. I don't know they, if they've been to Boston, but. I know they. they oh, I'm sure
0: they'll have to make the pilgrimage if they've gone all the way to Tampa, living in Texas or or L.A.
2: Yeah, they went from uh, Houston to to Tampa, so they went to That's a bit. yeah that that stadium if you want to call it a stadium.
0: Listen, the Rangers now play in a shed. I, I, I mean, I don't know it, if the trop's worse.
2: It looks like a Weber grill that you open up, a stainless steel one. <laughs> Does that mean the trop looks like a big green egg? <laughs> A a big gray egg, we'll see. Gray egg, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, So I want to ask you something, and I want to turn it to my boy. So we talked about yours, where your pitching has been. Uh, Keuchel hasn't been what he normally should be, but Lance Lynn has really saved the day. Um, How are the Mets winning without anything from Francisco Lindor? Because I'm a psycho Met fan. I watch or listen to every game. I don't know. They are getting – he had literally before the home run against Arizona to tie that game back in May, he had one hit with a man in scoring position all year. I mean, he has not – offensively, he has not been Francisco Lindor.
2: I ponder that every day. I look at my fantasy roster and he's 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 1 for 4, 1 for 5. I'm just like, bro, can you give me (laughs) a hit or an RBI, just one? So – I'm just as mind-boggled as you are.
0: I tell you what, if him and Pete heat up, it's over.
2: I mean, uh, there's nobody to argue with, with you on that over here on this front.
0: And uh, I see Edwin Diaz is doing everything in
2: his power to get off my good side. He he wants to blow saves. That's what is. he's just let's, – let's make it competitive again. Let's go to extra innings. Let's put a guy in second base. Let's do it and win it in the bottom of the 10th. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> well, what kills me about it is Sunday – Um, I, we had a rough night with Bobby the night before, so I'd actually taken a nap during the game, which seems to be a Sunday thing for me. Um, but I woke up as he loaded the bases in the eighth. Oh God. And I'm going, it was five, nothing when I passed out. What in God's name is going on? And then he punches those two dudes out and everybody goes crazy. My first thought was who is left in the bullpen? You cannot send him back out. That is the first decision Louis Rojas has made all year that I've wanted to reach for the TV and choke him. Um, I it was just I when I saw that he went back out, I went, "What are you doing? You're going to lose this game." And of course, they lose the finale to Pittsburgh, who is very scrappy, by the
2: way. They're a gritty team. I know they're they're cellar dwellers right now, but they're a gritty team. They're not going to go out there and just you know. Lay flat for you and watch, watch, you know, watch you just put up 16 on on them. They're gonna, they're gonna no. play, they're gonna play, which they I do.
0: I tell you, I like this center fielder, um, Reynolds, I think is his name, right? Mm-hmm. He just played also again. I like Frazier. I love, uh, the third baseman, Cabrian. Cabrian. I love him.
2: Yeah, he's gonna he's be gonna good, win. he's gonna win a gold glove. I 100% agree.
0: Um, oh, and you know what? I thought the reaction Arenado got in Colorado the other night was really nice. That was nice. It was
2: nice to see. Him. We've been on here an hour already. You believe that? It's easy. It's easy. It is easy. This is, this is like second. This is a job that you want to do just on a regular basis, you know? Dude. Dude, I would kill to do this for a job. I would. This would be and you'd be getting money too, because I'd have you on all the time. We're, we're doing this to one day, you know, hopefully like Al Lighter or somebody watches this and are just like, these guys know what they're talking about. Let's bring them on the show.
0: So let's get into somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Did you see what Stephen A. ran out of his mouth the other day?
2: I don't even want to go there, but let's go I there.
0: Can't. I, I I Listen, I don't know what he thinks he thinks he knows. But he doesn't – the entire – we've had the conversation about ESPN in its entirety. I am nine months older than that network, just to put that out there. I remember, and I, I could be wrong, but I distinctly remember the first um, big contract that ESPN had was with Major League Baseball. And they are trashing this game every chance they get. And now this dude is going to run his yap about Otani. First of all, no disrespect, Shohei Otani's not the best player on his team. So for Stephen,
2: interpreter, we don't know what you're saying half the time, dude. It was just a, a wholeheartedly ignorant statement that he had to res- He had to rescind twice. He went on Twitter and put out a post, and then he put out a video later. You knew you put your foot in your mouth, my friends. You knew you did. What? What? That's he, the things
0: what, he says he should rescind on Twitter and
2: elsewhere. What language he speaks, or what Ronald Acuna speaks, or anybody else within baseball, whether they know the language or not, they're they're here to play baseball. Whether they need an interpreter or not, should not reflect how they how they. Uh, are are treated in the game that's how i look at it
0: same here and by the way Otani's interpreter is a pretty cool
2: dude he, he's a legit guy he seems it's, he's great yeah I, but and that's, you, <laughs> go on what are you saying i was just going to say did, did you see the next day what passing passing went on there and and just went after Stephen a for like i think 10 minutes i didn't see the whole go video ahead. but he just he just basically was like listen this man is bringing the best thing possible to the game of baseball in a, in a, a city in and in a, in a state where it bleeds Dodger blue, and you're in Anaheim, just 45 minutes south of Los Angeles, and everybody's like, Otani, 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 because he's the next great thing for baseball, and he it's it's an embarrassment. He needs an interpreter. What? First of all,
0: no one talks about Mookie Betts anymore. Has anyone noticed that? No. Dodie Bellinger is an afterthought. Man. They have four, three Cy Young Award winners in that rotation. No one cares. It is the Otani show, and Trout is going to, and unfortunately, Trout, as far as popularity goes, Trout will ride his coattails. But we could see Mike Trout in the playoffs because of a player
2: like Otani to go with him. And this dude, oh. he's transcending the game. The man could pick, the man this past the other day Hit in the home run derby, hit bombs in the home run derby, and you went out the next day and pitched in the All Star game. He started an All Star game for the American League. And regardless how pe- what people look at the Amer- with the, the All Star game, it's a competitive game, and he started against elite competition on the opposite side. Elite. These guys can, These guys are not you know they're not your plumbers off the street. These guys can hit bombs. They can crush anything. They can hit it 120 miles off the bat. I don't want to hear no anything about it
0: the only thing that would have made Otani starting that game better is if it would have been DeGrom and not Scherzer towing a slab on the other side. Agreed. But I understand why Jake begged off. Um, he is the ace of a staff that is in first place at the, at the all-star break. So I get it. Um, the all-star game is, is they're talking about finding players for not going. They're talking, uh, Manfred had mentioned that. Um, I think we're headed for a strike next year. Unfortunately, uh, if he does that, because you didn't punish players who cheated to win a World Series, we're going to punish guys for not going to an exhibition. That's a little much.
2: And you're going to throw a rule in the middle of June and say you get suspended or, or fined if you if you get caught cheating. The pitchers, yeah, that's right in the that's middle. Rough. Of the that's rough. Sixty five games into the season, you're going to say let's throw it in right now. Not twenty twenty two, not twenty twenty three. Right now, in the middle of the season. Listen, but. You can tell it was an issue. It is 100 percent was. I mean, you can see who who was using it, who was who wasn't using it, and I can tell you from the home front, I can tell you that one of my guys was definitely using it.
0: Oh, so was mine. Uh, who do you think on your team?
2: Giolito, no doubt. Seriously, no doubt. Spin I rates, think... spin rates down dramatically. Strowman. I mean, it's it's around the league. I'm not. I'm not going to blast anybody who gets caught or who, who potentially could get caught because I know, I know my guys have used it. I, like you said, your guys have used it. So water under the bridge, but anybody going forward, I guess, I guess it is what it is, but we are seeing, you know, guys come, you know, come back down to earth. And there's a guy in New York who who we've texted back and forth about who has significantly come down back to earth.
0: Is it wrong that I'm taking a lot of joy in that?
2: No. No, I mean, because he robbed the Yankees blind. Oh, did I say what team he was on? Oh, oh,
0: Alex, because no one knew from what I said before.
2: No, nope, no.
0: Nope. Willie Will actually started laughing in the timeline on Periscope.
2: Oh, yeah? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so, listen, as much as I have loved the first half, I am so jacked. Um. I don't know if you saw this. The Mets are not pitching to Grom until Saturday.
2: Good call. Good move.
0: Because it lines him up to see in succession Atlanta, Philly, and Washington.
2: Oh, smart. Smart. And I'll tell you this,
0: and this is just my opinion of Sandy Alderson and his brain trust running that team. He knows they're going to make a move. He knows they're going to bring in something they need. And I honestly think he's trying to put his foot on the throat of the rest of the National League East and get this thing done.
2: I mean, you think about it, I, I hate to see it, and I, I hate that it happened, but the fact that what happened to Acuna the other day, it's terrible for the game of baseball, but it just made things a lot easier for your New York Mets. I hate to say it.
0: It really did. Um, so I want to look at something real quick. The last 33 games, that 33 games in 31 days that they just did, um which started on – in June, you get the three against the Cubs. You get the two double headers. You the Mets f- finished that. The Mets finished that thirty-three games at twenty and thirteen. I, I if I'm reading it right, it's twenty and thirteen. It may, it may be uh, nineteen and fourteen. Either way. 31, 33 games in 31 days, and you end up over 500, and now you've had a couple of days to relax. You're starting to get healthy because I don't know if you saw the ball Conforto hit on Sunday because it was ugly. I didn't know. It Oh, four rows back in the Apple Reserve seats in right center. Uh, Lindor hit one Sunday too. I did see that it's, one. It's going to get serious. It's going to get real serious. Um, there's a lot of people think the Phillies are going to make a run I, with the back end of that bullpen. They can't. They just no. can't. Zach Wheeler has been amazing for them, though. Oh, I miss he's, him. He's he's
2: been lights out.
0: I miss him terribly. Um, it's it's bad. Like I see him. He threw against the Mets uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, dude, come on. Yeah. Thanks, Brody, you jerk. Um. <laughs> so let's hit on a couple more things I want to talk to you specifically about. Um, and then we'll wrap this up because, again, I got a boy who's going to get up and eat in a couple hours. Mm. Um,
2: <laughs> it happens.
0: Oh, and I told Willie the other day, Steph, my wife, sent me a picture of him with the perfect circle change grip just laying there.
2: Oh, you got it. You got it up, on your
0: hands. It was on his right hand. Unfortunately, if it was his left hand, it'd be a little more jazzed.
2: <laughs> no, He's a right slider,
0: slider and a change up. That's all I got to say. Um, So we're going to do our second, our second half predictions for the end of the season. We'll do that with tone on the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to do it tonight, but I, when he said he had cardboard and cracker jacks, that's one thing I want to keep for the three of us. To do, we did predictions beginning of the season. Um, if you had to pick right now, the award winners, are you going chalk or can someone have a big second half to take an award away from somebody?
2: Uh, I mean, in terms of Cy Young's, I would think that somebody would have to like make a significant run in the NL. Um, and the in the AL there's a couple names in the hat: uh, MVP in national league. I mean, arguably, there's two names in the hat, and one of them could win the, the Cy Young and the, and the MVP. Uh, and then in the American League, boy, that MVP race is going to be something. It's going to be something. <laughs> you know what the scary part
0: is? It's Otani's to lose. It is. In my opinion.
2: But if Vladdy gets hot, it's going to get ugly. What Vladdy's doing right now is, phen- is phenomenal.
0: And you're not hearing about it because Otani's histo- historic.
2: Yes. I mean, it's uh, every it's, night. It is. Every, 29 home runs, 30 home runs, 31 home runs, 32 home runs. What? And it's overshadowed. Did
0: you hear by. on MLB Network? No. The last weekend of the it, – it, they're talking about Otani being the fastest guy on the team, and all of a sudden he goes, he's a beast. He's going to trot." I was like, wow. Baskersian nailed a home run call. That's a wonderful thing. Um, where do your boys open up uh, Friday or
2: Tomorrow. Tomorrow, actually, they have the Houston Astros in town, and I will be there. Nice. Are oh, you going tomorrow? Nice. I'm going tomorrow. I'm going actually tomorrow with my wife, and it just so happened that my tickets fell. That I have tomorrow, and I have Sunday. I'm taking my parents on Sunday. So, that's awesome. So, yeah, we're getting uh, getting a treat. Hopefully, they can bounce back because I know Houston was not kind to them uh, deep in the south of Te- deep in the heart of Texas. So, I'm hoping here that my boys can bounce back because would be nice to just kind of you know get that w to to get the the next 80 you know 81 games going and here we go who they uh how are they running their rotation the second half to start uh so the, tomorrow they got cease dylan cease saturday they got Who's G- been good, by the way yeah he's been pretty decent as of late uh giolito saturday and then sunday rodan which should be a doozy so you're I,
0: see Rodon on sunday yeah. nice
2: because this year, every game that I've gone to, I've not seen Rodan. So I've I've seen Giolito twice. I think I've seen Rod, uh cease twice, uh, and I haven't seen Lance Lynn yet either. And I want to see him live because apparently, if you sit close enough, you can hear him on the mound when he's walking back to the dugout, and he's he's saying nice things about the other team. We'll say nice. So,
0: yeah, that's the uh oh. It's Tone's brother Joey's uh-oh. on. Joey, what's going on, man? Um, Because a two just popped up on the watch thing, and then I see fellas in big uh, capital uh, letters, and he just predicted the Mets to the NLCS today. Wow. You mean World Series. (laughs) What's up, Joey?
2: You think I'm kidding. I'm typing that right now. I believe it. (laughs) I (laughs) can hear your keyboard right now, and you're just – it's just all hearts. The heart symbols. That's what you made. It (laughs) exactly. Um, so yeah, Strowman's gonna go Friday, deGrom
0: Saturday. Um, I don't think they've decided on Sunday yet. Um, he said, what up, Alex? Uh I don't think they decided on Sunday yet. Um, but I would pitch Taiwan Walker, it's gonna be his day. Okay, Uh, kid's great, buddy. He's absolutely great. Joey just asked how the kid was. Uh Bobby's great. Um we're going to be wearing our down since 2021 gear for the seven lines weekend.
2: Love
0: it. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the way the Mets are going to our ru- line at the pitching. Uh, you're going to get your studs against the guys that are chasing you, which is huge. Um, but it is the Mets division to lose, just like it is Chicago's, the, the White Sox division to lose. It, if they get healthy and they get right, that's a lineup no one wants to face, and it's a rotation no one wants to face. Same thing
2: with your boys in Chicago. I think if yeah, I think right now if if the lineup can get healthy, if we could get like a, you know Jimenez back in the next week or so, Robert back in maybe three weeks, Grundell back in probably like a month. You know they're, they're right now the way they're doing it, plugging and playing. They're getting the W, so it works. So I love the guys that they're rolling with right now. But if they can get their their normal lineup going. One through eight, they are pretty damn scary. There's no question about it.
0: They are, and especially with the rotation the way it's been this year. Lance Lynn, like you said, a sub two ERA. Rodon has been great. Uh, Giolito's been good, even though we think he was using the stuff. Um, and Cease has been very good. When's Kopek do back?
2: Kopek is pitching, he's pitching out of the okay. bullpen now. Oh, they got is him he- going, yeah. Uh, every once in a while earlier in the season before he had his little injury stint, he was, he would start, you know, every, you know, every game when they, when they need be, and he would maybe go four or five at most. So I don't know if they're looking to maybe introduce him into the line, into the rotation, maybe go six every once in a while, depending on how the schedule looks. But out of the bullpen, he's been all that in the bag of chips. If I may say he has been nasty. You went nineties on me. I like it. I, I did. I did. I like it. I did. East.
0: Well, with what the Mets announced today, going nineties is pretty pathetic. It really is. I can't wait to see Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor rock the black jerseys on the 30th.
2: That's going to be sick.
0: I can't sick. wait. Sick. I am just so excited by that. Um, so we're an hour and 21 minutes in 121. That's my birthday. So let's start wrapping this puppy up. Um, one last question for you, and this is actually off baseball. Mm-hmm. So did you buy your Justin Fields jersey yet?
2: Not yet, but it, it's going to be in the mail really soon. I'll tell you that <laughs> in the mail, really soon.
0: Yeah, I, I've been waiting to see you come onto a baseball show wearing your Justin Fields jersey. I was, I've yes, been, I, uh,
2: I, I want to give them the crown already. I just, I just want to give it to them. It's, it's, it's Chica- the Chicago Bears need it, and right now they're actually making some a little bit of noise right now outside of the co- quarterback controversy. They're potentially thinking about moving from Soldier Field. Whoa. Moving a little bit northwest to Arlington Heights, which is probably from downtown Chicago, probably 45, 50 minutes, we'll say. Uh, they're thinking about buying a uh, a racetrack where the, they race horses, building a new stadium right there with a dome, kind of making it multi-purpose. you know, get yourself maybe some Final Four, some concerts. And get some- a Super Bowl to Chicago. Bingo. Bingo! I mean, everybody else except obviously for the Packers in the division, has got themselves a dome, and right here in Chicago, we basically have ourselves a relic of a stadium with a spaceship at the top. So,
0: yeah, it is a spaceship at the top.
2: Um, that
0: is crazy
2: stuff. So it's it's kind of it's kind of in the process right now that the city is is taking I guess uh, bids right now, in my understanding, and I know the the Bears uh, put it on a. Uh, bid for the land. So obviously, this is nothing that's going to you know transpire over the next year or so. This is five to seven years, probably in the making, if not longer. So it's not going to be the, a flip of a switch. But if they were able to pull it off, it'd be kind of interesting to see exactly what they would do with Soldier Field going forward. Because technically, the Bears don't own it; it's owned by the city.
0: It's going to go the way the kingdom, dude.
2: I, I don't. I mean, I don't go to really realistically soldier feel for anything i mean I've, I've been there for bears games but if the bears are not there i don't i don't see
0: I, I i i refuse to go to the meadowlands and i live too far away from if i'm traveling to ohio for football i'm going to columbus so we're going to wrap this up here um and speaking of columbus i want to throw this out there to anybody watching or on the twitterverse on periscope i am looking to do a series of college football previews this year. Um, I would love to get someone, a fan of each of the Power 5 conferences on to discuss your conference and debate what you think is going to happen this season, uh, including the name and likeness stuff. Um, so that means, you know, somebody from the SEC, somebody from the ACC, somebody from the Big 12, somebody from the Pac-12, and, of course, somebody from the Big 10, hint, hint. Um <laughs> I would love to go in depth this season. I didn't get to do a college football preview last year because of everything going on. I only did my Ohio state pregames. So I'd love to start there. So Alex, let us know where row seven is and we're going to get this all this puppy wrapped up.
2: Row seven podcast is available uh, on all major streaming outlets. Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, Apple, iHeart, uh, Amazon. We're all over the place, all over Twitter at row seven podcast. Mike, thank you very much for the time. I always love you know, talking baseball with you in tones. Um, looking forward to many more baseball conversations because, you know, we can go hours and hours and hours. So nothing but a blast, man. I appreciate it.
0: Anytime, bud. And as always, Big Recon can be found here on YouTube. Uh, Big Recon on Sports Facebook, Big Recon on Sports, and, of course, on Periscope through Twitter, uh, at Big Recon on Sport. O- almost all the same places as you are, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cash, Radio Public, Amazon, and, of course, Google Podcasts as well. Um, Alex, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful, wonderful evening as always. Uh, But it is time to put the Big Greek into bed. Have a great night. I will talk to you soon. I will see you guys on the first for the baseball show uh,
2: trade deadline wrap-up. Sounds good, man. Take Take care. Take care, bud. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.